Hey everybody, welcome back to the Wayback Chronicles podcast. This is Steve and I'm back with my good friends, Noel and Keith. How are you doing, guys? Very good. Glad to be here. Good deal, good deal. Well, you know, uh, today's episode, we're going to do something new. And this is, our, this is our first time to have a guest on, on our show. And we're excited to have somebody that we've known for 30 plus years, believe it or not. It's been that long. And uh, we're really excited to welcome Adaryl Jordan. Uh, Adaryl, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, where, you're, where you're from, how we know you, all that good stuff. All right. <clears throat> well, I'm Adaryl Jordan. I was born in Dallas, Texas in 1971. It was a good year. It's a very good year. I think Hard Rock Cafe and I were born in the same year. And I. That is a good. That is a good year. <laughs> so, uh, so inter- interesting story about Hard Rock Cafe. The first one was in London. And do you know why Hard Rock Cafe was born? No. Because the guys that built Hard Rock Cafe lived there, and they couldn't find a good burger. And so they wanted to introduce a new bur- a good burger to London. I heard that on our tour last week. And that is Learn something. Learn something new today. And so now, now we've got even better. We've got a barbecue specialist in our midst. So who cares about burgers when we've got <laughs> something else even better cooking from 1971? Mm, barbecue. <laughs> mm, barbecue. So, yeah, I was born and raised in Dallas, Texas. And an interesting thing, I, uh, I went to private schools. It was a long commute to whatever school I went to. So I ended up at Texas Tech University. And learned that all the way across town meant 20 minutes. And I knew that this is the town for me. (laughs) I have no desire. I have lived in some large cities other than Dallas. But I am back in love with Texas. And this is where I intend to stay forever. Um, A few years into my journey in in love with Texas, I was, uh, of course, a part of the going band from Raiderland at Texas Tech University. And I met a bunch of knuckleheads named Noel, Steve, and Keith. So, <laughs> <laughs> And the rest is history. The rest is history. Mm-hmm. We are uh, brothers, fraternity, and all the good things. And um, that's really, you know, being able to talk to y'all tonight. Um, I really thought about that. The idea of what that meant, the relationship that we have, it's, that's part of what I love about the past. Um, I think the past is a tricky thing. You can either look back at the past and feel like, man, here's some bad things that happened and dwell on those and let them cripple you. Or you can look at events um, past events in the past that were positive or negative, depending on how you're looking at it, and just say, hey, I'm going to let this help me understand how these events um, made me the person I am, made things the way they are, and um, can make things the way they're going to be in the future. And that's the way I like to look at it. I say I'm a history nerd. I don't think that's the right expression because I'm not as smart as a lot of the history buffs. However, um, I do enjoy studying history and taking a look at things and allowing that to make me more prepared for what's going to happen in my present. So I'm so glad y'all are doing this podcast. It's so cool. Um, There's about a hundred things that I can think of about the time period that y'all are talking about. And I'm like, man, this is going to be fun. So Let's get at it. Very good. Well, a couple of things that, that we'll make sure our audience knows about Daryl. He's a, he's a highly acclaimed uh, saxophone player. Um, and uh, he's played a saxophone all over the world and uh, not just in marching band and still continues to play and performs locally in Lubbock a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you know, as Keith mentioned, um, a bit of a barbecue aficionado. Yeah. Uh, you know, just an example about a month or so ago, we we're at this place and we uh, grilled uh, hamburgers, which is not barbecue, right? But 
<laughs> Those were the best burgers I've had in a long, long time. And it was just a gas grill, but it, you know, I don't know it's something about about the the love that Daryl puts into it. Got the special yeah. touch. It's, yeah. funny. it's funny. It's funny you say that because um, when my kids, I'll tell them, I'll ask them if they want something. They're like, yeah, and then they're like, what is this? What'd you put in it? And I say, love. So <laughs> it's made with love. Yeah, and Steve's not messing around. Let me tell you what I did with those burgers. I um, I hit them with a wagyu um, tallow fat binder with mm. saltgrass seven steak seasoning, and plus they came from a farm as opposed to just being from the grocery store. Yeah. And then, yes, it was a gas grill, but I also added um, a big old stick of hickory wood to throw a little extra smoke on that thing. So mm. my mouth's watering still thinking about that burger. <laughs> that burger was wow. That burger was the truth. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just hearing about it. I'd rather be there. Yeah. So, yeah. Pretty dang good. Yeah. And I've, like Steve said, I've been playing my saxophone now for 43 years. I've played on five continents. I still got to make it to Africa and Antarctica. So hopefully I can do that in one trip. And then uh, I cannot wait to see the video of you in Antarctica. Yeah. I, I, I know you're, you're, yeah, you that you're, much. your allergy to cold, the cold weather, Daryl, is legendary. So yeah, I can't imagine yeah. what that's going to be like. Step outside the plane for two minutes before then hop back in. All right, let's go. Did it. <laughs> Did it. I'm done. Let's move on. Get that yeah. plane going. Yeah. And like, they might have some bleeped out words in that saxophone playing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. Like like Steve said, Daryl, you get to be the first guinea pig of our of our special guests. So we're really glad you have to have you on. And for those who know Daryl and for those who I hope get to the chance to someday, um, if there's anybody more contagious when they walk in the room about making you smile, I, I can't imagine anybody else. So I'm really glad we're starting off with you, Daryl. I think this is setting the bar high and I'm glad for it. So it's funny. My, my younger brother, Damon went to Texas tech and he went there. I graduated in 97 and I think his first year was 2001 or something like that. I don't know. He was there after I, well after I left and somehow Damon and I both know Daryl. <laughs> it's just strange. Like, I mean, we were both, we were, we were talking, I was talking about, I said, yeah, this guy, that I knew at Texas Tech, he was in the band and everything. And, and I mentioned him and he's like, I know a Daryl. I'm like, how in that crap do you know a Daryl? <laughs> but anyway, he's a, a Daryl is a friend of many people and one of the friendliest guys you'd ever know. And I uh, think the world of a Daryl. So it's, it's great to have you on, but, so for the first question, uh, wanted to wanted to ask you, um, when you think of significant events over your lifetime, what's the first event you think of? Man, and that's a great question. And I, um, I grew up poor, and so a lot of things. A lot of times when I'm telling people about things, you know, it's like, oh, that's a little bit different. Um, <laughs> so we didn't get to go on vacations or anything like that. But what we did get to do is we got to go to I call it the country. Um, mm -hmm. Hillsborough, Texas. I know Hillsborough. Let me tell you, you go to, and I'm a Dallas boy, and yeah. you have to take all this Dallas out, you know, and go to Hillsborough. Yeah. And I'm going there. It's an hour drive. There's no iPad to keep your company. You got to get get your mind right, you know. Yeah. Because once you get to Hillsborough, then it was gonna be, you know, it was gonna be cows and chickens and. Um, I remember one time I got chased and stung by a porcupine. <laughs> and, uh, and then my favorite, favorite um, memory, um, and the porcupine was pretty significant because I'm like, dang, bro, you're in a country. You got to adjust. 
So that really taught me a lot about life, actually. So, um, but I got to tell you all about this because it was, it was either the porcupine or the plums. Because what I would do is I would go to the plum tree in Hillsborough, Texas, and I just start popping them. Boom. They were, they were the smaller, the mini sized ones. They were mm-hmm. the big GMO sized ones. So I was just popping one, two, three, four, five, 28. 36, you know, like just down down until I would get myself absolutely sick. And then I would go, my grandmother raised me and I would go just limping into her lap. Oh, I'm so sick. Oh, and I put my head in her lap for about 10 or 15 minutes until I felt better. I'm like, okay, I feel better. I'm going to go eat some fun. <laughs> Reload. <laughs> That's some of my favorite, my favorite kind of things to do. Yeah, very yeah, cool. Fun. That yeah. is cool. So the uh, big town of Hillsboro is about to get a Bucky's. Oh yeah. my goodness gracious! Yeah. There's you know, an out. There's an outlet mall there in, uh, in the hills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm excited. They can get a Bucky's. I'm gonna have to go back more. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Gives you a reason to visit. That's right. So tell us, what is your favorite childhood movie? Look, this is easy. This movie changed my life. Because I didn't go to a lot of movies to begin with. And when I did, I was just like, what's the big whoop? Until I saw The Empire Strikes Back in the theaters. Oh, you're speaking my language. And I'm like, what just happened? Oh, my goodness. I didn't see Star Wars first. I saw The Empire Strikes Back first. Oh. Well, then that just changed everything. Then I had to go back and catch up with Star Wars. And it wasn't like you could just go download it on Prime, you know. Like, I had to wait and figure out how to see it. But I, then I got all the books and all the toys. And I was like, it's over. It's over. <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. Not even anything close. Easy. Cool. How appropriate was it that, that Keith asked that question and that was Daryl's answer? Like it was. I feel so much more happy Taylor about made. this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, really was, it was not planned, listeners. No. Changed my life. <laughs> Very good. So, uh, Daryl, if you could go back in time, go back to your childhood, mm-hmm. uh, what one toy from your past would you want to play with again? I'm cheating. There ain't no one toy. I'm going to let you know. Easy. <laughs> Evil Knievel, motorcycle jump, boom. Oh. Yep. Electro- the, the one with the crank? Yes, the sir. The crank one? Sir. Yep. You got to watch it fly. And then you got my electronic football set. Um, my Huffy Thunder Road bike. They need to bring. Oh, I would buy one today. Um, now, now is it a banana seat or what? Is that a banana seat? Wide banana seat, enough room oh, for yeah. your friend. Yeah. Oh heck yeah! And then, um, and then the 1975 Super Toe Jock. You know that toy? I don't remember that one. What? No, it was a stoic football kicker. Had his arms to his side. And the only thing that moved on him was his head and his foot. And you slam your fist on his head as hard as you could, and he kicked the football, and you'd have to, you know, be strategic and make sure you made it through the end zone. So you got to look those up. The super toe jock. There he is. There you go. Okay. There <clears throat> we had to post a picture on Facebook for that. Yeah. Yes. That is- I'm going to have to buy some for my boys. Um, you know, I'm going to have to buy another one for myself because it made me that happy. That's awesome. That's awesome. When you think of your favorite sports memories, which one comes to your mind first? 
this you could do a whole podcast on this. I, I was about to say you're a sports guy deluxe, so this is going to be this is a difficult question for you. So this is a Daryl episode one. <laughs> <laughs> I want to predict it right now. This is like some horrible Dallas Cowboys. Hey, <laughs> I can feel it already. Here it comes. Brace yourself. Yeah, a Super Bowl win of some sort. Let me take you all the way back to 1978. Oh wow! First Super Bowl in a dome stadium, Louisiana Superdome. Dallas Cowboys defeating the Denver Broncos 27 to 10. That's Roger Staubach over Craig Morton, who sucker punched him on the way out the door when they were both playing for Dallas. Really? Oh, wow. game. My favorite memory within the game is a um, pitch back to Robert Newhouse, number 44, fullback, oh, yeah. who did a touchdown. <laughs> MVPs were co MVPs on defense, Harvey Martin and Randy White. Oh, wow. Yeah. Gosh, you just helped us because our next episode is 1978, isn't it? Yeah, you're there. So there we go. There (laughs) Yeah, it was. It was Tom Landry versus, I believe, Red Miller. I was like, Red Miller? Mm -hmm. So I was scared. I I was like six, seven years old, I think. I'm like, man, are we going to lose to Denver? And we did not. (laughs) So love it. That makes it even better when you know you win. That's really Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) <laughs> okay now from sunday we're going to go back a day so it's saturday morning at daryl yeah and you are turning the tv on to watch what cartoon it has to be two i if i just get one it was a bad saturday has to be two. <laughs> fair enough you gotta have the bugs bunny roadrunner show yeah. and then you gotta have fat album hey 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 <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> that that was that have- was the great show that was mm-hmm. fantastic mm-hmm. oh you my know, gosh like school yeah. on Saturday, no class. <laughs> <laughs> so, so of of all of the of all of the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner show, what's the character you relate to the most? Which one of those guys? I well, golly, I love them all. Um, relate to the most. I feel like in my frustration of adulthood, that sometimes I relate most to Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> I say, boy, I say. <laughs> You're a chicken, and I'm a chicken hawk. Well, <laughs> Foghorn Leghorn. Second, it is true. The older you get, the more you can relate to them. Yeah, that's sure. right. Well, very closely by Marvin the Martian. So, you know, oh, like, yeah. nothing's going my way. But uh, oh. I love them all. <laughs> but those are two good representatives of that, of that show. Absolutely. Nope. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, uh, Daryl, it's prime time in the 80s, um, and uh, you turn on the TV. Yes, sir. Which, uh, what are you watching? I got to see, I got to have some Three's Company, you know, because Suzanne Summers got it going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no doubt. <laughs> I got to have- knock on our door. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got to have, you know, later on in the 80s, got to have some Cosby show. Yeah. And then- um, but and then somewhere Man, that show is so good. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. My and goodness. Somewhere in the middle for the the not so um, for the more serious, I had to have Dallas. You know, it's oh yeah. Felt there was a loyalty and allegiance to watching local, that show. Local JR. show. Say it again. Local show. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, we're talking about uh, South Fork Ranch. I mean, I had to. Yeah. You know, it was really cool growing up in Dallas because some of the places I went downtown, I'm like, hey, they just did a scene from Dallas here, like you know, so. Those I had to have all three of those shows in my life. That's cool. Yeah, very very cool. 
I tell you, I I love Three's Company. Just the the I think we talked about this before. The whole misunderstanding scenarios that that thing had was so great. Oh my gosh! Get a, get a load yes. off. Go over to the Regal Beagle. <laughs> I forgot about the Regal Beagle. Oh man! Good oh. grief! That's a blast from the past. Oh yeah, no yeah. doubt. Yeah, before we went to this quite, I mean, just you know, Keith's point. You know, I don't feel like the writing today shows is near as clever. Yes, sir. Um, it's just we we like grew up in the golden age of television, in yeah. my opinion. I mean, those that saw like the old shows back in the seventies and sixties probably disagree, but uh, God, it was so good. There was rarely a show that you didn't enjoy during yeah. that time. Um, so, Daryl, this next question really is um, for those that don't know, Daryl. Daryl is a is a a uh, a finely dressed man. Let's just say it that way. <laughs> He's always, Absolutely. Uh, always, always looking good. So this, this question is if you were going to look the coolest in your school, yeah. what, what item of clothes are you putting on first? Okay. So this is a little different than probably if you ask other people, cause I went to private school, we had uniforms. However, oh. however, um, when okay. you, uh, to, to, Ninth grade, you had a lot of individuality with your ties. Ah. I brought it, man. I brought it. <laughs> I believe you did. You know what? The um, that just stopped at the bottom, just boom, flat. With the different materials, you know, the different. Oh materials. yeah. You know, I remember the flat. Like the ties. ones that I Prince wore. Say it again, Steve. Like the ones that Prince wore. I think I think Prince wore them. Everybody used yeah, to wear them. You know, yeah. I never had a piano tie because I felt. I felt a little tortured in my spirit being a saxophone man if I should wear a piano tie. So I never bought the piano tie. Um, <laughs> and then um, and that was almost a staple of every eighties closet, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every band, every band person in the eighties had one of those at least. True. Oh, so, you know, yeah. and, and what you try to do with my school, if you ever seen the movie dead poet society, that was basically my school, except we weren't boarding. We went home, but that was my school. So huh. we had a uniform coat and, as a freshman, you wore khakis. As a sophomore, you could bust out any color of slacks you want. But hold on, because when you're a senior, you got to wear any color blazer you wanted to. So you come styling in a gray suit. Hey, fellas. Mm-hmm. You know, looking mm-hmm. good. I'm not wearing a blue blazer anymore. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and finagle around as close as you could, breaking the dress code. You know, can I get a pair of... I can't remember what they were called, but they were basically slacks. They were almost hammer pants, kind of boom ballooned out you know how baggy can it come out before yeah. the the assistant vice principal gets on you you know you're always trying to, to press that push, push the limits oh yeah and then the shoes you know you had to have the shoes the boots you know whatever just looking good had to be individual looking good even if you were in a uh, static blue blazer um <laughs> situation but if you look at my composite from 1990 as a graduating senior you'll see a lot of dark color suits and then boom there i am gray like gray, <laughs> bam! <You know? laughs> so I, I love that. But yeah, it was all about the ties for the most part. And you'd be surprised how much individuality and style you could to could actually produce with a dress code. So yeah, that's cool. so I'm curious. So do you think that having a dress code? Um, because to me, I, I'm not a fashion guy. I just, and, and I've said this before, but do you think having a dress code throughout your school years, did that give you a lot more sensitivity to how you dress and, and give you more reasons to want to dress unique and in your own style going forward? I'm just curious. That's a good question. Um, 
I will tell you that everybody I went to school with are good dressers now, still, you know. <laughs> and we would complain about the dress code every single day, four years straight. And before then, I went to private elementary school, and we just wore shirt and tie. Um, we mm-hmm. didn't have to wear a blazer. And we complained every single day about the dress code. But if I look at any of those guys now, we're, you know, upper 40s into our 50s, all those guys dress really well. So I think there's something to it for sure. And, you know, to be honest with you, um, I feel like to some degree now, hey, we still, my my high school was all boys, so we still got on each other. But I feel like it, it lessened the bullying as far as dress clothes go. But yep. the not so sensitive part is that is that we just bullied each other on other things, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we had, that top that topic was off the table, and everything else was inbounds. Exactly. <laughs> Where there's a will, there's a way. Oh yeah, I mean, we had you couldn't go into the senior courtyard unless you were a senior. So the what you didn't want to do is get pushed into the senior courtyard by a senior, and then get harassed by seniors because you were not protected if you went into the senior courtyard as a senior. So, uh, you know, we found other ways to harass and get at each other. And I, of course, enjoyed it. So that's, <laughs> that's, nice for sure. that's part of the fun. If you can't it enjoy is. it, what's the point? Yeah. Okay, Daryl. So I want to know two, two questions that are kind of related. What was your first car? Sure. And at that point, what did you want your dream car to be? I did not own a car until college. And it was like an old suburban. But... Interestingly, my dream car in high school, they had just come out, was a uh, Honda minivan. <laughs> I didn't have a girlfriend. <laughs> but look, y'all know me. I am off the charts extrovert. And I <laughs> was to be able to take my people together, you know, like six or seven. It was way more fun than one or two. So yeah. I did in my life own a Honda minivan and I was and there was great rejoicing, you know. But um there- that's what I wanted. I didn't want a. I didn't want a sports car. I thought that was stupid. Like, why is this going to be me and just some other fool? Like, that ain't cool. You know? I, I, don't I like Corvettes. You know, I, I think that answer is so revealing about Daryl's personality. Yeah, totally. He's totally. a people person. He doesn't want to do things by himself. He's happier when he's with other people. <laughs> yeah. That is that is a perfect answer to give you a portrait of, of a Daryl Jordan. That question, man. We used to sit and talk about that question. In 1989 and 1990, and my friends are going around, and they're like, yeah, I want the, you know, and they were just naming them off. Because we lived in Dallas, and my school was in, it still is, it's in a pretty ritzy area in Dallas. I'm near the Dallas Galleria. We saw all the cars. And, I mean, you know, there's, oh, I want a Lamborghini. Oh, I want a Ferrari. And I was like, and then one of my friends said, I want a Honda Accord. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I want a Honda minivan. I bet you shut down that conversation. Like, I mean, ah. they know when, they, when you hear the truth, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. It reminds me, y'all remember those paper things you used to do? Like with, uh, you had to like pick a piece of paper and it would tell you, it would predict like your future. Like it would predict like you're yeah. going to live in a mansion and a. Oh like, yes. You, MASH, you, right? You, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah MASH. Yeah. I bet a Daryl's the only one that was like hoping for the minivan to come out. <laughs> I'm all oh, man. I'm all Shucks, about. I got the Lamborghini. Yeah, they would be like, the minivan, man. I'm like, that's right. <laughs> that, is, that is awesome, that's, man. That that is that is that sums him up to a T. That's perfect. <laughs> that's great. I got you know tell a funny story about Daryl. So, you know, he didn't have a car in college till till a little bit later on. So mm-hmm. 
I, I did. And so many times I'd find that, you know, Daryl, I'd be driving Daryl around town or doing whatever we had to do. And, yeah. and, uh, Every time he got in my car, within seconds, he was asleep. <laughs> I was like, there's there's no way this guy's ever going to be able to drive himself because he's going to fall asleep behind the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Even to this day, I prefer um, flying to driving anywhere. I would fly to my next-door neighbor's house. I mean, I just – I prefer flight. Um, something about that constant motion of a vehicle, I'm like, oh – you're getting very sleepy. <laughs> so, yep. It's all good. Yeah. Oh, man. So, Joe, you're a kid going outside to play. What do you yeah. do? Um, we play football on the concrete, man. Um, oh, yeah. so it's touch the ball, but you would often fall. Um, yeah. Any kind of sport, um, even if I wasn't good at it. But I was. Uh, I started playing softball when I was seven years old. So, um, I would do that a lot. Um, and then – you know, y'all know, and people need to hear, and they need to know, this is a part of history that people need to remember. I like the slides. Now, I'm not talking about these little, you know, safety first slides that they have. I'm talking about, like, every single time your life is in jeopardy, you may go off the side. I'm yeah. from Dallas. If it's 100 degrees, you might lose a little. You might yeah. lose yourself on that slide, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not just a slide. It's an adventure, you know? Yeah. So. I love the slide, man. I get on there and sometimes pull my shirt down real low so I wouldn't get burned. Oh. <laughs> it was a straight drop, you know. That, you know, if you could if you couldn't see the bottom very well, that was a good slide, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when you get ner- your palms are getting sweaty, going all the way up that metal ladder, all the way up to the very top, you know. That's yeah. that's the good one. That's one of my it, only only if it's a little shaky at the top. It's got to have a little shake to it. Or that's it's not true. working. Oh, yeah, that's it's true. A, you know, I, I I drop a marble down first and watch how fast it goes and get a little even more scared. And then <laughs> pull it up. And you hit the bottom with some speed. That oh, was, yeah. Yeah. So a yeah. little football on the sidewalks, on the concrete, um, softball, and then the slides. Mm. Yeah, sounds yeah, like those, a perfect those, trifecta. Those, those metal slides in Texas, you could bowl. I mean, you could fry an egg on it. It gets Absolutely. so hot in the summertime. Oh, my Absolutely. gosh. Not these days. You got the the plastic ones with the guardrails on the side, and, and I'm sure there's up. like some sort of a way that the, the like a, a car pillow would pop up if you go too fast at the bottom. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, they not allow those anywhere anymore. No, those are the no. truth. <laughs> yep. That's right. I saw that. Have you all seen that picture of the play, uh, of on Facebook or places like that? It's those big, huge monkey bars, I guess what they used to call them on the playground. And it, it said, I once died in elementary school off of this. And my mom told me to walk it off. <laughs> remember that? Have you seen that? Yeah, that's the greatest. So yeah, I, re- I remember seeing those things. I'm like, how did we not break all of our necks on that thing? It's amazing. That's now awesome. they wouldn't even allow those in school. Yeah. Softies. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Daryl, that that is the last of our of our planned questions. Uh, if you think back to your childhood and going way back uh, into those early days, uh, mm-hmm. anything else you want to share with us? Absolutely. You know, I was thinking about Wayback Chronicles and something, and this kind of shaped me too. So it kind of relates to an earlier question. You know, we had commercials back in our day. I mean, I don't know what they're doing now, but, you know, I get that there's all this action. You know, you could put the car in Zoom and get the background music and it's drilling. But we had commercials. They they were little stories. 
They had music. They had lyrics. It was like a whole experience just watching a commercial. And a commercial that pops in my mind more than any other is the low and brow commercials. I mean, to tell you, <laughs> wow, low and brow. The lyrics, here's to good friends. Tonight is kind of special. The beer real told must be something more somehow. So tonight, tonight, let it be low and brow. And, oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. I mean, I, I'm going to tell you, and this could be a whole other podcast too, but I'm a Christian. I've read the Bible a lot. And when I think about the low and brow commercials, get ready. I think about Jesus. You got to walk the, you got to walk the, the listeners through that. I mean, how do you get from low and brow to Jesus? Because, there's a lot of stuff going on. I'm still involved, very involved in the church world. I, I I retired out of the church world working at mega churches. Don't you know they spend a lot of money trying to get people to just get together? Like yeah. They, I, I had specific roles where I was in charge of small groups trying to make people get together. And you look at a low and brown commercial. Okay, here's a low and brown commercial. A bachelor party where guys are just roasting each other. You know, and they're like, hey, you here's your last hours of freedom. And the guy gets up and like, speech, speech, speech. She goes, you're beautiful. I'm like, ain't that? <laughs> That's like Jesus. Jesus and Lone Brown right there. The Bible talks about Jesus being at the parties, turning water into wine. I mean, like, I'm telling y'all, I'm going to write about this. I even told my pastor already, I'm like, and we were in a room with some younger people. He's a little bit close to my age. I'm like, I'm going to write about Jesus and Lowenbrow. He's like, yeah. And everybody's like, Lowenbrow. And I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm going to write about it. <laughs> it's fantastic. <clears throat> that is awesome. <laughs> but check these out. Because I was examining the Lowenbrow commercials because they're amazing. So there's the bachelor party. And then there's a guy. He comes in after work. There's his buddies there. And he, they said, what do you want? They said, a good steak and Lowenbrow. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I did yeah. hard day's work. And what I'm ordering, and the guys are like, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Here's me and my yeah. police, a good steak and low and brow. And then mm -hmm. there's like a guy with his buddies, right? And um, his buddies come in and they're like, congratulations, you just got promoted to regional manager. And everybody comes around him. I mean, I'm like, that's the stuff right there. <laughs> and then there's guys in a running, and, you know, and you guys know from our experiences together, you're challenging each other, you know? He goes, yeah. you're going to go 10 miles a day? He goes, you go 10 miles. I want you gonna buy me a beer. He goes, You go 10 miles, I'll buy you a low and brow. <laughs> <laughs> it's even more special. Yeah. yeah. You know, like all that stuff, all of those, every single commercial. There's guys on a fishing trip. Um, they get a little cabin and they walk to the cabin and the guy left him a note and they said, I left you a little something special in the fridge. And they're like, Hey, it's low and brow. Like, <laughs> who cares about me? You know, and, um, and then they started, I talked about all these guys, but in 1980, oh, they, they started bringing some women into the commercials. And so there's like people on a houseboat and um, they're just sitting there and they're finally, you know, I mean, you can just tell from the commercial, like, man, life does not get any better than this. You can man. tell before they say a word, but then the guy busts out, he just goes, I think we finally got this down to an art. Lord, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm realizing that in my life I've had a good steak. Oh, I've had a good steak with a beer, but I haven't had a good steak with a low and brow. Hey, man, with a low and brow. Tonight is kind of special. And then I got one last one. Um, 
the guy comes over and he's got a case of Lauren Brown. And he goes, um, hey, man, what are you doing? He goes, well, the other day um, I was having this party and I didn't have enough beer. So you let me borrow beer from a party. And the guy goes, that was beer. This is Lowenbrow. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they just kind of do the commercial, and they uh, you kind of use, you know they're doing a plug, and then and then the final plug line is maybe you ought to borrow things more often, you know. <laughs> and, you know, I and my point is this: you know, I I love. I mean, I have a twenty-year-old son who helps me with my technology. I have a ten-year-old son who uh, who like is doing the video games and showing me all the videos. He's got, I got a 16 year old daughter who helps me with music stuff. I mean, the cool thing about looking back at situations like that. And the cool thing about what y'all are doing with this podcast is that when you look back at those times and that, that commercial like that is the epitome of those times. Um, I love all the technology. I think it's great. But what we miss is, you know, um, I, I have friends in Maine. I have friends in California. I have friends in Oregon. And I can pick up at any time and call them on FaceTime and see their face. But I can't necessarily go down to the bar and have them walk over to my house with a case of Lowenbrow. Yeah. It's different. And yeah, so it I, I talk to my oldest son about this a lot because he can process it. I have taken my oldest son out to dinner and given him a hard time about not having enough fun about getting together and having brotherhood. And as you guys know, um, you're all mm-hmm. out there. He's a part of our fraternity now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't give him a hard time about practicing music. He, he practices real hard. I don't give him a hard time about, you know, whatever his activities are. He's in the drum line, so you know how that can be. I don't give him a hard time about that. But I tell him and I tell his fraternity brothers, I'm going to give you a hard time if you don't realize and take time to um, to to take advantage of the special special opportunities that you have to be with one another you know i'm sitting here looking at y'all and y'all are in three different parts of the state of texas right now Mm -hmm. and i'm in a different part and that's all good i love seeing your faces i love talking to you but you can't walk over to my house right now with a low and brow that is true and that is something that we can door dash one yeah Yeah. no you can't you you know um, i would say three things about it it does as great as so many things are about today, I mean, I can get on a plane and be somewhere quick and be back quick and, you know, be talking to people halfway around the world and boom, 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 boom. Um, those kind of things, the low and brow commercials, the cartoons, the TV shows, the way that things are constructed, um, really, I feel like had an advantage to allowing us to express love to one another. Um, there's, I'm not going to poo-poo what we have now. But I felt like advantage back then. Um, mm-hmm. it, in, it encouraged us to do good for one another. You're in each other's faces and you're loving on each other. And so you want to do good for each other. That's just a natural thing that happens. And mm-hmm. then that eventually, I'd say, um, affected your impact on others. Because if I saw that my neighbors were having a party, man, I mean, where I grew up, I, I, I had an automatic invite, you know. Um, I'm getting my house together right now. My neighbors are driving by and I was like, hey, when I get it together, um, we're going to have a party. You know, I'm going to play my sax story, all that stuff. You know, the guy who sold me his house um, said, I picked you to buy this house because I needed to pick my neighbors. And I saw those barbecue smoking grills that are coming in. I figured you'd be the best one. So <laughs> I'll say, you know, I've done barbecue yes. three times. You know, we're going to well, have a good time. He chose wisely. You know? And if, if, if he's real yeah. good, Steve. 
if he's a really good neighbor to me, I might get him a low and brown. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So, <laughs> all of those, you know, it's just absolutely special time. And I love it that y'all are reflecting on them because they were incredibly special. And, um, and I, I hope that, that people will continue to look back on those. Um, I feel like when you take the time to look back at those things, you realize, hey, here's some good things that we may need to, that bears repeating, you know. Or as mm-hmm. um, Steve say, Steve, if, if it's worth um, doing, what's your phrase that you use? Uh, is it juice worth the squeeze? Juice worth the squeeze. And I absolutely yeah. think what y'all are doing on this podcast, taking time to look back will help you go forward really well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Good stuff. It, yeah. it just dawned on me, you know, you think about that famous Aerosmith song and words are something's wrong with the world today. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Low and brow. We just don't drink that anymore. Yeah. I mean, I come on. We don't have I mean, our low and brow moments. We, we don't. You know, I, again, I got, I got some real, I got, I got a friend in Atlanta who would, at the drop of a hat, get on a plane and help me with some things. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's really good. But it would be, I would also appreciate if I have, a neighbor close in the Bible talks about that too. Having a neighbor close by, you know, that we have a relationship with. Um, And so, I mean, I'm in a new, new area. I'm getting to know my neighbors pretty well. They're really cool, but I'm not low and brow cool with them yet. And (laughs) that should be a goal, you know, because once I hang up the phone with y'all, I would love to rather, I'd rather be hanging out with you and making some burgers that were awesome. But we're, you and me both. That's, you know, that's, that's the low and brow moments. And so, I loved it that I just got to see y'all all together because those are Lauren Brown moments, you know, yeah. and, and we miss out on those, but I really am thankful. I get to hang around some of these young bucks a lot. And when they, the kids I love are the ones that actually listen to us old farts. And then they go and try it. They're like, Hey, that was good. And I'm like, I'm not that smart. I just saw a bunch of Lauren Brown commercials when I was <laughs> <laughs> I just trying to be like Lauren Brown. Really cool, cool things. And so I'm looking forward to your other interviews and what other people thought were really cool moments and that helped them. You know, I feel like those kind of moments, those kind of commercials, those kind of TV shows, they really shaped me. And so I'm I'm kind of an old soul with a lot of things. And, you know, and that's what I think about. I, I think about treating people like a low and brow commercial. You know, yeah. um, I want to treat people like they're a million bucks, like they matter. Um and that's that's naturally what happens when you live that kind of lifestyle. You want to do good for each other, you express your love to each other, and then you have an impact on other people. And other people are watching you, and they're like, "Hey, I need to go have my Lauren Brown moments with my friends." You know, yeah. and it's just it reproduces itself, and it's a good good thing yes. for the whole world. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, I was while you were talking, Daryl did a. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia Wikipedia page for Lauren Brown, mm-hmm. and it says from 1977 to 1985, their jingle. Here's the good friends was their jingle. And it was, I think that's kind of what you're getting at. It's about, you know, having good friends, having good relationships and, or having those, those friends that you can get together and just share a moment with. And that's, that's, uh, I'm blessed, honestly, to be able to have Keith and Steve. Um, we've been friends for a long, long time. We text each other several times a day, uh, we have good moments. We have difficult moments where we're just, we need to kind of be there to support each other and thankful for those friendships. And, you know, they started back in the day when we were sharing low and browse together. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. But it, you know, it's, it's just cool. We planted some firm roots back then and, and uh, they continue to flourish even today, 30 years from then. So yep. uh, it's very cool. 
good message. Thanks, man. So here is yeah. good friends. Yes, here's a good friend. Yes, right. And I'm so, thankful that tonight was kind of special. I appreciate you. That's yeah. great. Yeah, awesome stuff. Gerald, th- thanks uh, for joining us, and thanks for going way back. Hey, my, back on podcast. my pleasure. You guys continued excellence with this. Appreciate and love each and every one of you. Yeah, same here, man. Same here. Thanks, well, that's everybody. a wrap. That's a wrap for our very first interview. Uh, Daryl, thanks again for being a part of it. Uh, this is a very good interview, very special time. And uh, I will never read the story in the Bible about Jesus turning water to wine without thinking water to Lowenbrow. So <laughs> what kind of wedding feast would it have been if he had just turned it to Lowenbrow? You know what I mean? It would have been nuts. But anyway, good stuff. Thanks again for the time and thanks everybody for listening. And I uh, look forward to uh, the next podcast coming up it'll be about 1978 so we'll be diving into a new a new era the 70s the first time we've had a message or first time we've had a show focused on on the 70s so it'll be great guys looking forward to it so that's for the way way back chronicles this is noel and steve and keith thanks a lot everybody thank you thank you listening to the Wayback Chronicles. All shows are written and produced by Noel, Keith, and Steve. Massive thanks to those who made these memories possible for us through the years. All songs, sounds, and effects have been attributed in the comments section and through links listed on waybackchronicles.podbean.com. We look forward to taking you way back again in the very near future.